Mary Maria Sprout! 15 seconds to curtains, you three! Oh. Oh. No one's here. Well, I guess I'll just be going then. Welcome to the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast. And it's just me today, uh, Mary. But don't worry, I'm not completely alone. I've got a very special guest. She has been on this podcast before. You might remember her as being one of the original founders of this podcast. Please welcome Abby. Hello. Hello. It is so nice to be back. I don't think anyone knows that I'm actually one of the original founders of this podcast. I think that's gotten lost deep in the lore. So honestly, good for everyone finding that out. Well, today is kind of a very important day in Muppet fans talking history. It absolutely is. If you don't know the story, uh, it all started, <laughs> I'd say, I, I want to say about either March or February of 2021, Muppet Show was on Disney+, Plus, and I was kind of incessantly posting Screaming to the Void on Twitter about, they're going to make a Jim Henson biopic one day, and it's going to make me lose my mind. And Abby, being the lovely soul that she is, decided to respond and go, you're so right, let's plan this out together, and we did in a space. And we created this thread that got posted in April. And not only did uh, Abby and I work on the thread, so did uh, Maria and Sprout, which is how we met them. Yes. The rest is history. And it just kind of came from there. So you really have the thread to thank for all of this. We really do. We have to thank uh, not only Mr. Henson. Thank you. But also, whatever soul out there decided, yeah, let's make a Jim Henson biopic at the peak of these these girls' insanity. Okay, but also, not even just the thread itself being made and being iconic as, as is, and the episode we did together about it being being like iconic, because number one, it was the first episode you guys you guys had a guest on. But nonetheless, us going through this, but also the fact of the morning that we woke up and they actually announced there was going to be a Jim Henson biopic, and we lost our minds. No, they announced it in the afternoon. I remember this very vividly. Because because I woke up late that morning. Like, I woke up at, like, noon, and, and my phone... You sleep in a lot. Yeah, I do. I tend to, like, tweet, good morning, and everyone's like, B, it's like, a one. And I'm like, am hey, about it. Hello, I'm awake. Greet me. That was such a moment in time. That I... was... <laughs> That day doesn't that day doesn't feel real still. And I'm like, oh my god, that happened. Also, we are recording this from the past. We are. I just want to say that we're both so excited for whatever insert Muppet project here that got announced uh last week or the month or in March. So pumped can't, about that. Can't wait. Love it. Gonna be iconic. It already sounds great. Already sounds great. Already loving all the news. That everyone's losing their minds about it. Me too, I guess. So iconic. It's so good to see it, like, blowing up all over the internet. Trending on Twitter. Yeah, like, it's it's so exciting. It's gonna be a big one. It's such a such an exciting, well-written written thing that's coming to us. I just know it. Okay, but watch as by the time this comes out, there's actually biopic news, and we're talking about biopic news on accident. Yeah, I, if, if that happens... I feel like that's going to happen. You know what? If it happens, I just want to say whoever actually did get cast, you're going to is probably going to do a great job. But this is a very fun fan cast. 
you're also going to get roasted by this podcast due to said thread. Yeah. Like if I like if you're not Paul Rudd, I'm sorry. If you're not if you're not Timothy Chalamet with his hair bleached, I don't want to talk to you. No. I want to hear about you. Not a, not I'm here for it. If you're not Ben Schwartz, Richard Hunt, no one wants to hear from you. I'm joking. Whoever they choose to play Richard will do an amazing job. I'm sure of it. If you're not John Mulaney having a slight bit is Jimmy Dean with a talking dog puppet, mm, don't know if I want you here. Yeah. It's just how the thread goes. We've kind of built up an entire lore, and this might be... And if we get everybody we want in this, this is going to be the most expensive movie of this all time. This is a lore-heavy movie. This is a lore-heavy thread. Like, this is just a lore-heavy episode. Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, this is a by, by Henson fans for Henson fans, uh, fan cast. <laughs> it really is. It really, really is. And if you hate anybody we fan, ca- we fan cast, we hear you, we see it's you. It's okay, we get it. I've seen people fan cast Adam Driver's Jim Henson, so you know. Oh, I saw Chris Evans once, and I was like... I, like, like if you squinted, he kind of looked like Jim with a beard, but, like, that was only if you squinted. I don't want to squint through a whole movie. That's because they're both white men with blue eyes. Okay, that's fair. But I also would rather not squint through a movie, so cast Paul Rudd, you cowards. Do it. Or find some unknown who looks a lot like Jim. Somehow. Yes. Yeah. Since we last talked, though, like, on the podcast about it, we've kind of updated it in honor of the one-year anniversary of the thread, we kind of went back and made some revisions and thoughts, which I am very excited about. Also, we added to it because we feel like if we stick to the one cast we have now, we're missing out on a huge portion of Jim's life. Oh, we are. Because we have no biopic news as of this point, uh, other than what we reported on in the past. As of about a year later? We're going to cover everything. We're just, we're, we're covering the bases. So you guys are in for a real treat. Uh, I don't have any, I don't have any Muppet news right now because this is the past. Yeah. As, as of the past, nothing going on. Just watch, like, the week this gets posted, like, everything happened. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'll just be our luck, like, later and edit in. Hey guys, so this is what happened this week. It'll just be like Maria's voice going, okay, so uh, actually Adam Driver did cast as Jim Henson, so... No. <laughs> actually, they did cast Chris Evans, guys. As Gene Kelly. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. And that even ties into our Timothy Chalamet casting. I hate it here. Because he's... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I just confused my jeans. I just confused my jeans. Anyway... Oh, you thought he was Gene Wilder. No, my brain just... Anyone named Gene, my brain just goes, Willy Wonka! So, it just kind of happened. Sorry, sorry, Maria. Editing that. You can keep that in. You can keep that in. We're so sorry. I'm just stupid. Anyway. Yeah, shall we... Shall we talk about the updates and kind of give a a refresh? Yeah, I think for this, we're just going to... One of the things, and what we previously mentioned, and mentioned uh, in covering Jim's entire life instead of just the one particular uh, period we kind of chose for the initial thread. 
or like that period we chose, you miss Jim starting on Sesame Street, Jim on Sam and Friends. You miss Jim trying to sell the Muppet Show. You might even miss a good portion of the Muppet Show. To avoid, you know, losing all of that. Losing all of the, the genius moments that we deserve to see. We have kind of separated this into two casts. We have the 1960s to the uh, to 1980 cast, and then we have the 1981 to 1990 cast. So we're splitting it up. Yep. <laughs> and if you have any issues with that, uh, you can just DM me and I will totally read them and respond to all of them. <laughs> just just DM us both and be like, hey, can can we just talk about this? And yes, yes, we can. And I will. I'll try. Do my best. All right. So for this, we're going to start off with what our original, what our original casting choice was. And then we're going to go into the 1960, I'm just going to call it the 1960 cast. And then we'll go into our 1981 cast. We will discuss our choices and why we chose them. 100%. I'm excited. I'm very excited. All right. Uh, let's start with the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, Jim Henson, uh, as you know, we originally casted him as we originally casted him for, uh, well, yeah, originally had Paul Rudd playing him. Heck yeah. I'm going to move this one around a bit, even though I just set up a format. I'm just going to completely throw that to the side for this one. <laughs> well, there goes the iconic format. <laughs> Paul Rudd is still going to, we're still planning on Paul Rudd to play him in the 1981 cast. We love him. As the older Jim. He's perfect. But our 1960s Jim was one I was very on the fence about when we first recorded this episode, which was Bo Burnham as Jim Henson. Yeah. I've been on record saying just because you're a white man with a beard and blue eyes doesn't mean you can play Jim Henson. And then I really delved deeper into Bo's work, and then I realized something along the way, which is a lot of, a lot, a lot of what people miss about Jim that he was an artist first and foremost. Absolutely. He was more than a puppeteer, a character, a businessman. He was first and foremost an artist. Yeah, he was very much all about that. And I'd love to see another artist play him, an artist who understands that creative process. Yeah, who, who gets it and is like, yeah, I understand why he was so driven to do this. I definitely want to do this. Also, Bo Burnham got his start on YouTube at a very young age. Jim Henson got his start on local television at a young age, so there's that. And isn't Bo Burnham doing the music for a new Sesame Street thing? Yeah, so he's got some Muppet experience on his hands. Exactly, exactly, and that's exactly what we need, a guy with some Muppet experience on his hands. Literally Muppets on his hands. Exactly, and I think someone who loves the Muppets would love Jim Henson, do a lot of really cool creative things with it, and I'd, I'd be, it'd be very interesting. I feel like if, this is just a general thought that I had. I feel like if, like, an actor goes into, like, say, playing a guy like Jim who has, a, like, the whole thing like the Muppets, I feel like they're not going to do a good job if they don't come into it loving, like, the Muppets or, like, whatever it is the person did. So I think it's definitely, like, I didn't think of that, but it's definitely beneficial, like, that I'm glad that he, like, is involved with Sesame Street and likes Muppets and the type of things because it's like okay he feels he, he gets it a lot a bit more than like say Chris Evans or Adam Driver 
I mean, to be fair, Chris Evans, there was that one interview for Avengers Chris Evans did where he, I don't think he was completely sober in that interview where he was just talking about the great Muppet caper, which was kind of iconic. That was kind of iconic. It was. I'm going to give him a point for that, but he is not cast. He he was considered. He was thoughtfully considered and politely rejected. I would love to see him cameo if uh, this happens during the period of time. I'd love to see him cameo as the late Charles Grodin. I think he'd be fantastic as that. Okay, but also, let me just throw this out there. What if, because we didn't think about this, because it does impact the whole movie and impact Jim as a person. What if we had Chris Evans play his brother? I think that would work really good with the 1960s cast. I actually really love that. I think I think he'd fit in right there, and he'd get his money, and he, he'd work. That This is very me coming up with this on the podcast, so just know this was very in the spur of the moment, but I'm down. <laughs> I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting uh, Jim's brother's name right now. It's ironic, because you called him hot. I call a lot of men hot, and I don't remember their name. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Let me... Oh, his name was... I think his name was Paul. That's what I'm thinking, too, but I could be very wrong. But we're both also really big Beatles fans, so I don't... Hold on. Jim Henson. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Paul Paul Henson Jr. Okay, Paul Henson. Which I think we need to have... Like, I feel like Chris Evans... I've never seen him in, like, a strong enough in, like, an emotional role... Him just being like the bright, shining, like playing like the golden boy. No, I'm, I hate saying like playing the dead girlfriend. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like just like the happy, bubbly, perfect person who you know is just not. And you're just like he's not gonna live past half an hour of this. Not gonna make it past five minutes. The perfect role for Chris. I love it. No, it'd be an easy day of shooting. Of course, I feel like I feel like that would be amazing all right we're adding him to the cast list while we're recording we're doing it chris evans in the paul uh, in the jim henson biopic unexpected and not as charles grodin and not as jim henson oh i also want to touch on because we touched on this earlier with Mm -hmm. that the actor who is playing jim should also love the muppets yes and as we all know paul paul rudd love him who is not jim henson's brother uh, no. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's gonna be fun. Alrod has been like ha- been seen ha- taking like puppetry lessons behind the scenes of Sesame Street. He's been on Sesame Street a few times. He has the experience. Also, he's very good friends with Jason Siegel, who wrote an entire mo- movie about the Muppets. So, so I think I think we have. I think we're in good hands. I feel very safe. And the hands are important. This is a Muppet movie. Next, we have our founder. Our ultimate girl boss. Someone who does not give enough credit in Jim's life. So we're giving her credit. This is what she deserves. This is Miss Jane Henson, and I want to say before we announce the cast, that in this movie, I do not want to see her portrayed as just your typical wife-slash-mom-slash-sad-abandoned-like-housewife. She is so much more than that. She is Jane Henson, so talented, so ahead of her time, so ahead of the curve and had such an eye for talent she did like like that was her whole that was eventually like one of her mainstays the company was like going to auditions pointing out puppeteers being like hey no this guy's good bring him in and it'd be like kevin clash or like someone like or like steve whitmire or like somebody like in that vein of like they're a good puppeteer 
I'm bringing them in. And because you trust me, and because he did trust her, like, he was only trusting towards certain people in a way of, like, a, a level. And she was one of those people. Her opinion was highly regarded by him, so I feel like when she did that, it was, like, her strong point. Within the company, like, later in the company. And I feel, and I feel like just, like, just boiling her down to only mother slash wife. Is ridiculous. Oh, she... She was a mother and a wife, but she's also more than that. She's so much more than that. And she deserves the credit, so we're giving it to her, because, come on. And our original fan cast for this was uh, Jodie Whittaker. And again, I'm going to go back in the same vein, because she's also our choice for the 1981 cast. She is. She looks a lot like Jane Henson. But also, she's got this very... She's kind of has this energy to her, where she's very good at playing this like this small town quirky girl who can just like yeah work herself who's like who can who's who's got like enough power to hold herself up against anyone which is who jane henson was so i feel like she could totally do that yeah she's able to handle like the the aspects of her that we would need for someone to handle in the role and i think she's spectacular and she'd absolutely do an amazing job also think she could handle a lot of the multifaceted stuff that comes that comes a lot with jane henson and for our 1960s cast, we chose a young actress by the name of Julia Garner, who has won an Emmy Award for her work in Ozark. She is so, she's so talented. I, I've only really watched her in a few things, but, like, when I see her, like, kind of, like, immediately catches me, like, oh, no, she's great. And I feel like she could easily handle, like, the beginning Muppets, th like, Muppets things that, like, Jane had to go through and then kind of being sidelined in a way of when she turns from like just Jim's business partner to they're married and they have a kid and he's kind of starting to do be more independent with it like I feel like that's the part where like she'll really shine also I feel like she's one of the most underrated young actresses of our generation right now because I don't hear her I don't hear her being talked about a whole lot and I think that's very criminal and I think this could be a huge huge breakout moment for her also, she, a few years, uh, like, maybe, I think she's, like, two or three years younger than Bo, which I think is around the same age gap Jim and Jane had. Except wasn't Jane older? Was she? I think Jane was the older one. Yeah, because she was... Fuck! I fucked this up! <laughs> but I think, like, unless you mentioned it, you really couldn't tell. Right. Her face is very similar to Jane's, too. Yeah, so, you know what? Act like we didn't speak for the last minute, and you're good. Yeah, just ignore that. <laughs> okay. And awesome. Uh, our next, our next choice is the man I'm scared of the most, Frank Oz. Ha <laughs> Right hand man himself. I am so afraid of him. Love you, Frank. I'd love to see him be involved in this biopic in some shape or form. Do I think it's gonna happen? No. no. I, I, I hope it would in the way of. I wish whatever actor he, like, we, like, ends up being cast as him, I wish would, like, at least, like, meet up with him and kind of, like, get his side of it instead of just kind of other people's words of his account, you know? I think he'd definitely be very supportive of whoever played him. I don't see him going on Twitter and going, look at this dick. Being like, look at this bitch, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't think he'd do that. Yeah. But... I feel like I feel like he'd be supportive if he weren't like fully involved. If he, if he weren't at least like percentage involved, I feel like he'd be supportive of it. Right. And our original 
and our original fan cast for Frank was uh, uh, you know him, you, you know him, you love him or you hate him. It's uh, the most unemployed man on Twitter, Twitter Voldemort himself, you tip man, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh man. <laughs> And uh, good news for all you Joseph Gordon-Levitt haters out there. Good news for Sprout. He's not going to be in this at all. Good news for Sprout. We fired him. And very good news for me as a Jeremy Strong nation. Jeremy Strong is the only is the only actor we have chosen. Kendall, Kendall Roy from Muppets Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've decided that. That Jeremy Strong will be playing Frank Oz decided that he is not only the only person going to play Frank Oz here, but he is the only choice to play Frank Oz. After I played around in FaceApp and made every man in Hollywood bald and with glasses, I determined Jeremy Strong is our only hope. I was going to say, because I looked it up, I was like, hasn't Frank Oz, like, hasn't, like, Frank, like, mentioned Succession? But no, I looked it up and turns out, but, um, the one and only man who plays Tom from Succession... Was in a movie directed by Frank. So there's our crumbs. There's our connection crumbs. Also, here's another cr- connection crumb. Frank Oz is a very huge fan of the movie Don't Look Up, which was directed by Adam McKay, who is also an executive producer on Secession. So, one of the men in Secession was originally Snuffy's butt. Oh yeah, Peter Friedman. Yep. <laughs> so we have our links. Peter Friedman also played the uh, seven-foot-tall singing carrot in the Gilda Radner episode of The Muppet Show, for all of you who don't know. Oh, I, I forgot about the other one. I forgot, the, I forgot about the big carrot. Yeah, so we have our links. I feel like I feel like he'd like Jeremy. Yeah, but also you might be thinking, Jeremy Strong is in his 40s, and he started going gray in his 30s. How is he going to play, like, 19-year-old Frank Oz? And lucky for everyone here, technology is the solution. We have money. Okay, not actually, but like, but like, like imaginary movie budget. We have, we, we have all the money we need. We have Disney money. This comes into play even more later. So like, just to believe us now. Yeah. Just believe us. Yeah. Also, this is us just choosing whoever we want. Yeah. We aren't, bound, we aren't bound by your fake budgets. No. We are getting Jeremy Strong as Frank Oz. We're getting Emmy Award winner very strong to play Frank Oz. We are getting the most iconic man to be playing the most scary iconic man. We're getting Jeremy Strong, and you might be thinking, well, how does Jeremy Strong relate to Frank Oz? And the answer is, they're both very quiet, and they both have this kind of naturally monotone voice. I'd say Frank's voice is a bit deeper than Jeremy's. At the same time, Jeremy can become anyone he wants. He is a method actor, and you might be thinking, oh no, why are you having this man come to our set? And it's like, don't worry, he doesn't harass the rest of the cast. He only hurts himself. He only makes himself sad. So, like, it's fine. Yeah, he, he plays the saddest man on television, so he just sits in the corner and listens to, like, My Chemical Romance or something. And you know what? I think Frank would like My Chemical Romance. And I think... You know, I think Jeremy needs, like, to, like, method act someone who's, like, not the saddest man in the world once. You mentioned in interviews that, like, he makes a playlist for each character he plays, or... I feel like he would do that. I feel like he would make a playlist of, like, songs that, like, Frank, he'd, like, think Frank would like. I, I just, I feel that in my bones. Also, knowing, knowing everything I've heard about Jeremy Strong, he doesn't, like, have Spotify or Apple Music. 
It probably makes like a mixtape on like a physical cassette. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So who's our next person? I just wanted to. I I was just gonna say that we're gonna like a c computer like CGI DH Jeremy Strong to play nineteen year old Frank. We are. We are. And then we'll just continuously just keep letting him do his thing. But the technology's not that great yet. He's only gonna stand at one angle throughout the entire movie. Yeah. It will be distracting after a half an hour. Oh, 100%. will be there. But will it be the highlight of the movie? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Next is uh, Richard Hunt. This is my most favorite one. This is this is the one I'm most proud of. You, you should be. It is um, Ben Schwartz as Richard Hunt. Yes. I'm so proud of this one. <laughs> this was a really good fan cast. It's really solid. Which is why he was chosen to stay Richard for the 1981 cast. Mm -hmm. But for young, fresh-faced Richard Hunt, who just who is just starting at Sesame Street, who did we choose to play him? I forget. At Bennett from Victorious. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't write down the list as we were FaceTiming, so I'm just rolling off of your list. Which I'm gonna say a quick thing about Matt Bennett. He played Robbie Shapiro on Victorious. He did, so we know he likes puppets. <laughs> yeah, he played, which was the character who was the ventriloquist. So, you know, he's got puppetry experience, which is a plus. He has, like, last time I saw him, he had, like, a really young face. That could have changed, but who knows? No, he, he still kind of does. We're, we're, I call it a win. Yeah, that works. And yeah, and I think he's got, I think he's, like, not as well known unless you grew up on, like, the same era of Nickelodeon as us, or you're, like, a really big Ariana Grande fan. Yeah, very true. <laughs> But I think he's got, like, the potential to really shine. Yeah. Really shine as Richard. Yeah. This is one where I'm like, I think he'd be a very good choice, but do I think he'd actually be cast as Richard in the actual biopic? No, they're going to cast Harry Styles, guys. We all know it. Oh, no. Mary, no. We all know it. We might as well come to terms with it. I don't want to. <laughs> also, that just gives me an excuse to get a picture of Matt Bennett and Ben Schwartz together. Just a niche. Uh, uh, just a small niche. Just, I want it. Just a little niche. On the next one is my is, uh, Jerry Nelson. Mary's most favorite man. I'm the number one Jerry Nelson appreciator. And for the for the uh, original fan cast, we chose Alex Brightman, who was uh, Beetlejuice in uh, the Broadway production of Beetlejuice. Very talented actor who's super cool and does a lot of super cool voices. So we thought he'd be a good Jerry. Also can sing. Which is why we chose him to play Jerry in both casts. And yeah, he's an excellent singer. Had to, He had to have all of those, like, whoever had to play Jerry had to have all of those points, and he nailed all of them. Number, I think it's really by being a Broadway actor. And number two, just, they do look quite similar. So I feel like that was, I feel like that is a more, that needs to be more appreciated, like, this casting. I feel, I feel like it's truly up there with, with our Richard Hunt cast. And I, and I, and I know, I think it was, Another Muppet fan that mentioned that they don't think that Jerry's going to be even be in the biopic, which I hope isn't true, because I will be so upset in the theater if that's the case. I will be so upset. If, if he just gets, like, a cameo and it's, like, a random man, like, as an extra, I'm going to actually, like, lose my mind. Right. Next on the list is uh, the man who continues to make his smile, Mr. Dave Goals. He is my most favorite person. And for the original fan cast, we chose Charlie Heaton. And for this 
for both casts, he's going to stay in both roles because Charlie Heaton simultaneously looks so young and so old at the same time. He really could be any version of Dave that you just like spun a wheel and pointed to an age and just made him do it. It'd be spot on. Exactly. And I think he's very good at playing like the misfit characters, which also Dave Gold's very good at. So I figure, you know what? You know what? I'd like to stick you in a workshop until, and then like, you know, give you anxiety at the best possible moment. I feel like the whole moment of Jim being like, hey, surprise, now you have to come at, like, be in the show. I feel like he would play that moment really well. Charlie, I feel like he'd, I feel like that'd be, I feel like that'd be a solid, like, Charlie acting moment. I think he would do, he'd do very good. Oh, also, before we go on to the next one, that just made me think about, we're gonna have to hear him do a Gonzo impression. Oh, boy. My one, my one mutual who I've been uh, mutuals with for, like, five years. I think that sounds like her worst nightmare, and I need it so <laughs> bad just to torture with. I don't know if you've seen New Mutants, but his southern accent on that is just iconic. Oh, boy. I'm oh, I'm going to have to just listen to it just to be like, hmm, that's bad. You're going to laugh. It's that, it, it's that bad. Oh, no. I think he'd be a decent Dave. Yeah, I feel like he'd be, I feel like he'd be, I feel like he's the most solid choice we have for Dave. Then the next character, uh, the next person is someone who would only pop up in the 1981 cast, but he's so iconic that we have to announce him with everybody else, which is, uh, is Mr. Steve Whitmire. Yes. You want to say this one, B? Um, no. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to, because that would make me want to think about my thought process on this one. And I really can't remember it because I was delirious when we made this casting thread. So I think it's up to you, Mary. All right. We chose uh, Timothy Chalamet with bleached hair because there's because he's got dark brown hair and Steve's got blonde hair. I think our choice for bleaching was a very obvious one, but also... Oh, absolutely. You might be thinking, why Timothy Chalamet? He looks absolutely nothing like Steve Whitmire, even with bleached hair. Because he was going to be casted somewhere. Why not cast him as close as we could? Yeah, like, again, it's not a fan cast if Timothy Chalamet isn't in it somewhere. So true. So, here is our token Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts about casting our, our, our dear token Timothy Chalamet is that within, I think it was a month or so of us casting this, he got the role of Willy Wonka. And there were things of him, like, going around town with bleached hair. And I was like, look what we've done. We brought this into the world. What have we done? Because we did. I remember I shared the photo I edited of it to a Timothy Chalamet fan. And they're like, yeah, this is the one thing that would make me unstand. <laughs> <laughs> and then that happened. <laughs> well, I hope they're doing well unstanding. Oh my god. Uh, next two are uh, characters who would only show up in the uh, 1960s to 1980 cast, which is, first of all, being uh, Lauren Michaels is the obvious choice. During during the SNL days. Of course. Or this is like season one of SNL, Danny DeVito, Lauren Michaels. I don't feel like I need to explain that one. I feel like that part really needs to be, I feel like that's an important part that they better keep in the movie, because... Until I read um, Brian J. Jones' biography of Jim, I had no idea 
that the Muppets were in the first season of SNL. Oh, I knew that because of the uh, t- of their of the Muppets uh, SNL monologue with Jason Segel. Yeah, I had no idea, and so I feel like that's important for people to like at least be like, oh, that's a fun fact I had no idea about. Like, I feel like that'd be cool for people to know. So I feel like it, it better be in the film. And I also would love um, if they could combine it with the scene where. Uh, and Frank and the two Jerry started painting the pipes at 30 Rock. I would, yes. I would love that. Oh, that would be so wonderful. They still have those there. They do. They Don't they have them, like, protected in, like, glass and stuff? Call them Henson Pipes. The Muppet Pipes. Yeah. I love that. I, I They better keep that in. They better make that a part of it, for sure. And the next, uh, the next person showed up a lot in Jim's early television career. Oh, I'm so proud of this one. <laughs> It is uh, John Mulaney playing Jimmy Dean. And you may be wondering, well, why is that? They're both brunettes with blue eyes. They're both comedians. And, yeah, look, their names both start with the letter J. But also, didn't you, like, it was one of them, I forget, but I think it was this one that I just threw this out there. And then we looked up a pic, because I, like, I was like, I just want John Mulaney in this cast somewhere. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to throw him as Jimmy Dean. And then we actually looked up pictures of Jimmy Dean, and they look pretty similar. They look a lot alike. That was an accidental gold mine. Very proud of that one. And I feel like he could, I feel like he could do the comedic bits with Rolf well, obviously, as it's what he does. But I feel like he'd be able to handle that. And also, John Mulaney has re- wrote the uh, 2012 SNL monologue I mentioned a little bit ago. He co-wrote that. Oh, wow, what? Yeah, he did. He used to write all the uh, monologues for SNL back in the day. If you look in the background where uh, Statler and Waldorf are sitting in that bit, you can see his ex-wife behind them. Oh, that's a fun tidbit. (laughs) So if you didn't know that, now you do. Now you know. This podcast is mostly just going to be a lot of fun facts, actually. Oops. You know what? That's that's what the people want to hear. Absolutely. And uh, next one is what I... You did a very you did this one and it's very good. I did, but I think I, I think it was on accident again. I think it's perfect. I'm very, very happy. And that is Ray Romano is David Laser in both casts. Yay. Yay. Thing is for a long time, Ray Romano was my Q tip man. He was your college Joe's? Yeah, yes. I could not stand him. I really couldn't. Ray Romano and I enemies. He had no idea, but I, I, enemies. But I've warmed up to him, so I think I'm starting to appreciate this casting a lot more now that I don't hate him. If you do start not liking him again, just remember, he produced the Emoji movie. Okay. Thank you for the ick. You're welcome. All right, next one. Next one is uh, Bernie Brillstein, and I'm not even going to say the original casting for this one. We are not. Nope. He was cast and he has been changed. That's all you need to know. Because circumstances happened and if this was an actual set going on, the original actor would have been fired for what he was doing. So we chose an actor who is very talented and doesn't have any of that ick behind him. We chose the lovely John Favreau to play Bernie Brillstein in both versions. We did. I feel like he'd do it well. Do a, I think you do a fantastic job. Absolutely. And then next one, we've made some minor tweaks to over the uh, over the past year, which came to a decision of uh, whether or not this character should be sexy or not. 
Oh. <laughs> How much what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. She was originally cast as just Beck Bennett, which I love me some Beck Bennett. Very talented SNL cast member. Love me some Beck Bennett. Yes. We realized that to accurately portray everything that was going on in this point in the story, that this would have been the uh, 1981 cast. We wouldn't want to have him be totally sexy. Yeah, we had to make him slightly repulsive. Like, sexy outside, yikes inside. So we've decided that Beck Bennett will still be playing Michael Eisner. 100%. Only on camera. Because his voice will be dubbed by James Corden. Yeah. We we are making... Aw, we'll be reuniting the man with the emoji. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Look what we've done. We're doing so much good for the world right now. We are. This is how we're creating peace on Earth. I just want to say it's currently up in the air whether or not James Corden will be trying to do an American accent for this or if he'll be staying British. We're going to be uh, going to test audiences and say, seeing what they like the most and then doing the exact opposite of that. In our test groups. So plot twist, we're making him do an Australian accent. <laughs> so sorry everyone I don't care oh, we're making him do a Scottish accent oh no you know what that'd be funny I'm down <laughs> <laughs> next in the thread would only be in the uh, 1981 cast which would be Brian Henson hey king hey king hey king hey king hey hey king so <laughs> Hey, King, this is your casting. <laughs> it was originally cast as uh, 2008 Andy Samberg with bleached hair. Again, there's no budget on this. He can do time travel, and he's still being Brian, being Brian Henson. We have not changed it. No, why would we? Why would we? It's pretty good. If you look at it side by side and you squint a little, it's good. Yeah, why not? And, you know, yep. Pretty good. Next is Miss Fran Brill, who was originally cast as Vanessa Bayer. And she's we're sticking with her for both casts because Yes. She's just got that power to her. She does. One of the most underrated SNL cast members in history. Absolutely. Cannot agree more. Then next we have the wonderful Lou Grade, which if you listened to the original uh podcast episode, you know we chose Brandon Frazier and the story behind that. How intricate and weird and deep dive and deep divey it was. I'm not going into it again. No, I'm but not going into it again. Just know there was a lot of thought put into it, more than we probably should have. So I think uh, Brandon Fraser would make a great Lord Lou Gregg. Absolutely, a good Lord Lou Gregg. And <laughs> I cannot say that man's name. Brandon Fraser would make a good uh, Lord Lou Gregg. There you go. And we're all cheering for Brennan Frazier over here at the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on, man. Woo! Woo! Rex is another person who's staying the same in both casts. Yes. Uh, it's Don Celine, who was originally cast as Oscar Isaac, and is staying as Oscar Isaac in both casts. You know what? It, it works. And looking at it, because I haven't looked at this in a while, looking at it, I can see the similarities. This was a pretty solid casting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset with it at all. Also, Oscar Isaac, it's compared to Sam the Eagle a lot. So, you know, there's his Muppet relationship. Exactly. We have, we have our moments. This one was originally kind of a placeholder. 
And it was uh, Jerry Jewell, who was originally cast as Haley Joel Osment, which was a fine choice, but... It, it's fine. It felt more like, yeah, that's fine, than, oh, that elicits emotion in me. Which is what we strive for over here at the podcast. Exactly. Like, it's fine. I can see it. It's okay. But, like, the, the casting that we chose instead... I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of feelings, and if it if it actually happened, I would probably stand up in the movie theater and clap when I saw this man come on screen. I'd be that annoying bitch. I would. When this man comes on screen, it's gonna be it's gonna be like the crowd in a Spider Man No Way Home, except it's just it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. It's literally it's just everyone clapping and cheering, but it's just me standing up like, yeah, that's my man. All that noise is coming out of you, and they're all like, how is she doing that? Well, you'll never know. It's my secret magic trick. <laughs> A lot of you might be thinking, gee, who are, who, who are they hyping up? And when you hear who it is, you're going to be like, really? If you, if you know me, you'll understand. But if you don't, you'll be like, there is something kind of wrong with her, but I'll, I'll applaud. Which we did decide to go with uh, the same person for both casts here as well. And we decided that the best choice to play Jerry Jewell at this point is Mr. Kieran Culkin from Secession. Hey! Mr. I think he's he's a, a four-time Emmy Award loser or four-time four-time Golden Globe Award loser. His wife is really proud of that. <laughs> uh, good for her. I love that. As she should. Like she'd post on her Instagram story like a picture of like the lineup of like who like lost Golden Globes and she like like wrote like winner, nice guy, blah blah blah. But like like here and she said like four times loser. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Me too. Make fun of him. It's great. There are, I could I struggled finding a lot of pictures of Jerry Jewel when we were originally doing this fan cast. So I watched the cube one night. And there <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Jewel has a very small cameo in it. And in those six pixels of uh, camera quality from the 1960s, I'm like, he could kind of be Kieran Culkin if I squint a little. And I decided to go off of that. And when you texted me that, I was like, no, we're no, we were on FaceTime. And you, you, you said that, and I was like, like, like we had to have a moment of silence because I was just like, you know what? Even if I don't see it, I'm just gonna say yeah. And then I sent you the photo, and you're like, yeah, I see it enough. He said, yeah. What? Even if I didn't, he's in. Our love for Jeremy Strong is just as deep as my love for Kieran Culkin, so I'm, I'm here for it. I feel like Jeremy and I have a like Jeremy and I'm like I have a very it's more of an artistic attraction. Where I'm like he's so interesting and talented, and he's like attractive. There is one man I go very feral over, and you have not seen that yet. Uh, it's coming. I feel like with how feral I've been over the whole Kieran thing, I think it's only fair that I see it. So it'll come in time. You've started watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. For me, it's the actor who plays Lenny Bruce. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. That man is so attractive. When he came on screen, when I watched the show last night, I stopped breathing for a solid minute. All, all I have to say is that one of my tweets that has gotten the most replies is one that literally just says, Kieran Culkin sexy. That's it. That's the whole tweet. And, like, it has, like, ten replies. Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I'm like, I know I'm right. That's why I tweeted it. So, if that explains if that explains our casting for Jerry Jewel, so be it. And also, because you're the only one who wants to see my Luke Kirby thirst tweets, I'm, said, I'm just gonna 
like send them them all to you on iMessage. Yeah, send send them my way. I I feel like it's only fair. Uh, the next choice is uh Mr. K is a uh, Big Bird himself, Mr. Carol Spinney. A transition from whatever that was. <laughs> Our original uh choice for this was Miss was uh Mr. Zach Woods. Yes. Who is best known from uh, Silicon Valley? Also, The Office. I played game on The Office. You did. And should I explain my choice as to why I cast him and why he's still being in both casts? I say, I say, yeah. Go ahead, because like, I feel like it needs a little defending, but I, but I agree with it wholeheartedly. Like once you explained it, I got it. So I feel like explain it for the people, so then they'll get it. Which, if you've never heard Zach Woods speak, he's got a very, like, soft speaking voice that's very calming. As does Carol Spinney. They both have, uh, they both have dark brown hair and blue eyes and similar facial structures. And also, while uh, Carol Spinney is the height of a normal man, Zach Woods is, like, 6'4", if I'm correct. <laughs> Bigger bird. Bigger bird. Which, if you know... How the Big Bird puppet is puppeteered, which I assume you do because this is a Muppet podcast. Yeah. And you're listening to the Jim Biopic fancast episode. You know how it's puppeteered, and you know the concept of a 6'4 man doing that is absolutely terrifying. He probably has more he probably has more room, honestly. He probably has a little more room to to work on I feel like he'd I feel like he'd enjoy the puppetry process solely by that. It also, just the concept of a giant, like, an even bigger bird. Bigger bird! But next to a bunch of, like, you know, small children on Sesame Street is very funny to me. God, I, bigger bird is my favorite part of this. I'm just being honest. I love bigger bird. I hope he gets his moment in the sun. I love how we're all, like, bigger bird. And I remember when we were, when we were first fancasting this, you wanted Nick, uh, Nicholas Braun to play Carol. There's also... Is a very tall man. Because I number one was like, okay, they kind of have the same like like hair color, eye color, etc. But he's also tall. Yeah, Zach Woods is very tall too. My my first thought was men who could fit in this suit. So also yes, I don't care. It was also a succession plug, but it was mostly because he was tall. Now we've got enough succession plugs that we don't need that. We he can just go be unemployed elsewhere. <laughs> No, he's, yeah, he can go be, be stalked by Instagram celebrity blog somewhere else. Have fun with that, buddy. We're gonna have our bigger bird. Next one is another one that's staying the exact same, which is yes. uh, Lily James as Louise Gold. This would be in the 1981 cast. Or wait, actually, she could, wait, she's for both casts, actually. Sorry, I got my timelines mixed up. Yeah, I was gonna say she's, like, halfway, like, both. Because yeah. Fraggle. And... I mean, they're both British, and they both look a lot alike. They do. So, they're both excellent singers. I don't know what else to say here. I mean, I'm standing by this choice. It's it's a very solid cast. I really like it. I haven't seen much of, like, what she's done, but, like, I definitely see the similarities. I feel like it's a solid cast, you know? I feel like It was a good one. A very good one. Uh, the next two are from the Fraggle Rock cast. This will be in the 1981 Yes, and they're saying the exact same, which is Chloe Feynman as Karen Prell, and uh, Kirsten Dunst as Kathy Mullins. They both have the uh, skill to know both these women. Absolutely. Also, to see both of them do puppetry would be very fun. 
And I know this is kind of in the dawn of Chloe Feynman doing that Elmo bit on Weekend Update and SNL and everyone roasting her for how unfunny it is. She is so talented. Trust me on this. It just wasn't a good bit. Which is fine. Comedians don't always have good bits, but she's so talented. Trust me on this, guys. Trust you're really, me. You're really out here being like, Tr- guys, just trust my source. Source. Me. <laughs> source. I gay ass. Source is me, guys. But trust my it's source. It's really funny. Trust me. The, the source is my bias thinking she's hot. So. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then Kirsten Dunst, I just think, is fantastic. Like, that's... They, they're very close, like, facially. So I feel like she could really do that well. Uh, next in the cast would be another one in the, eight, in the 1981, which is Lisa Henson. And for the original casting, she was uh, Laura Dern in the 80s, which... Yes. This is another one that has been changed. Yeah. I decided that if imaginary budget constrictions are going to weigh us down, we should cast, we should not look to time travel as indefinite. So we decided to go with Maya Hawk. Yeah. Because we already used a good bit of the time travel budget on Brian and, and, and Sandberg. So I think we need to give the budget a rest. And we just. We went ahead and did an easy choice, like Tim- like Timothy. We just pulled out the easy choices. It's fine. That's all right. And uh, next one is another one that stayed the same, and this is for uh, both casts. This is an excellent choice. Cause, cause as soon as I thought of it, I was like, "Oh, okay. Wait, that's actually really good. That's better than I I thought it was." Um, and that is, um, Catherine Hahn as Joan Gans Cooney, the lady who created Sesame Street. I think she would just be fantabulous. Yeah, she's de- she definitely has both like the comedic chops and all the serious acting chops to really pull off Joan's warmth, and I'd love to see her do it. Absolutely. And to see her on like a recreation of the Sesame Street set, just like girl bossing around. Oh, I'm down. I want that now. And our final casting would be one for the 1981, the 1981 cast. This is where we take our most creative liberties. Which is that uh, Peter Lins, who did not start working for the Hensons until Jim passed away. But yep. because this is a movie and we can make anything we want to happen happen, doing it. Absolutely. We have casted Peter Lins as Seth Meyers in a blonde wig. Yes. That's it. That's our Peter. Peter, and he's going to be the star of the show, I'm telling you now. He is. He's going to get his own sequel series. He's going to even get his own prequel movie that explains the whole thing. That, like, what he was doing while they were all doing the Muppet stuff. We're going to get a Peter Lenz biopic, and it's going to be Seth Meyers. In a wig. Yeah, and it's going to be called uh, Peter Performing. Oh my god. That's our, that's our last casting, and I'm very proud of it. It's very funny. Yeah, I'm just double-checking the list to make sure I didn't miss any oh we got them all oh wow hey any other biopic predictions you want to go down any potential directors or i don't know any directors so that would not be my shtick but i do hope we get someone solid for like the score because if it doesn't have if it doesn't have a good score i'm gonna be really disappointed bring back paul williams Oh my god, yes. Bring back Paul Williams. If he doesn't get at least a cameo in the biopic, I'm going to be very upset. I feel like that's what he deserves. I say get Paul Williams, but also, if he doesn't want to, that's totally okay. I feel like he would, though. Yeah, I think he would for Jim. 
Because, I mean, he's been on a few Muppet podcasts. He's very, like, openly proud about how insanely proud he is of Rainbow Connection. I feel like if they asked him and he knew the story was right, he would do it. I feel like I, I feel like the big thing with this with this uh, biopic is that the story has to be right. Exactly. I don't want it to be like that. Uh, that one fan script that went around in two thousand eight that was done by someone who never researched Jim at all, and it was it was horrible. It was a complete fanciful disaster. Oh yeah. Which Jim lived such an interesting and wonderful life that you don't need to make shit up. Yeah, because there's not any room for that. It really just writes itself. I think I think there could be some people worried that, like, Jim didn't face enough, like, like, oh, this will be a boring movie because, like, only, like, you only see, he's so happy all the time and it's just, like, he doesn't face a lot of shit. I'm like, well, look at Ted Lasso. That's doing, that show's doing extremely well and that's the most optimistic show I've seen in a long-ass time. Yeah. So, Positivity isn't a bad thing, guys. You're just lame. Yeah, but yeah, toxic positivity can be harmful. But if you're mad at other people for being positive, that's your problem. Get out. <laughs> we are here for one movie, and that is this. Yes. If you don't like it, you're kind of lame. Everybody else is going to love it. Absolutely. Unless it's really bad. Unless it ends up being one of the worst things I've ever seen. I was never involved with this. <laughs> we never did this. This is just a fever dream, guys. No, but if we, but if it's really bad, think of how much we could make fun of it. Okay, yeah. Like, I feel like if it was really bad, we'd be like, imagine, like, these few fan casts in the thread, like, recreating this scene, like, laughing at it. Just watch, like, the actor for Frank be, for Frank be terrible, and we'd be like, Jeremy Strong would have ate. Come on. I, I feel like that would end up what would be happening and i just hope it's well done i hope it's good at most i hope it's well researched because if it isn't that's going to be the biggest flaw of it i have faith that it's going to be well researched because the hensons are working on it absolutely absolutely that's one of the biggest things like when they announced it, i was like okay sigh of relief oh thank god <laughs> i'm still expecting them to saving to saving mr banks this movie though i I expect nothing less. I'm my expectations on that are low. Yeah, I just really hope. I know I keep saying, but I just hope it's really done well because it's. I because I feel like he deserves it. I feel like Jim is such an interesting figure in pop culture of, especially for the time that he was majorly like in pop culture of. You didn't really know much about him, regardless. But he was just known as the Muppets guy. And and he even kind of at one point resented that he was the Muppets guy. You know? And that he was kind of seen as a children's performer because he because there was this whole stigma around puppetism about not puppetism, puppetry. And so I just hope that like it brings it, it gives people a new insight into Jim as a person because I really think that he's one of the less like known about biography wise like 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 life story wise like you might know a little bit here and there but i feel like his story d deserves the amount of like knowledge that like walt disney or somebody because he was that big he, he deserves to have his moment of like this is who i was and i was pretty great also 
people know a lot of people know the Muppets, and I feel like kind of I think a lot of us Muppet fans were kind of in this sort of fun little bubble where it's like, oh yeah, everybody knows who Jim Henson is. That's not that's not the case. I I bought the Jim Henson biography uh it came last week. And my brother asked who Jim Henson was, and I do explain, oh, he was one of the creators of Sesame Street, technically. And he was Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And he created the Muppets. He created this huge empire, and nobody knows his, and nobody knows his name. And I think that's very shocking, because we have yeah. a lot of people now who make stuff that, I mean, you might not know the company, but you know the name behind it. And I think yeah. Jim was such the opposite of that. Absolutely. And I, that's why I'm like, he really needs a story told and I hope they do it right because it's, it's, it's a fantastic one. I like, I genuinely could not recommend Brian J. Jones's biography of Jim Henson enough. Like, I'm so glad that you were able to get it and because it's just so well done and you can tell by like, I, I listened to his interview with the Muppet History podcast and you just tell how much like care and effort and the impact that do that make that writing this story in this way like made on him. And I think and, and it's made an impact on all of ours after we read it of just Jim's life and the way he lived it. And I cannot recommend reading that enough. If you want like something to like walk into before the biopic comes out, that is a hundred percent like where you should start if you want to know a bit more about Jim and his life because it I cannot recommend it more it's insanely spectacular also I think this is probably one of, Jim's story is probably one of the most important stories to tell right now in the 2020s absolutely because we look at the people who are on top of the under on top of the entertainment industry and on top of like the business industry because Jim wasn't a big businessman but his company the Jim Henson company was very su successful back in its day Absolutely. And we see a lot of these people, these moguls in the 2020s, who aren't the nicest people to their employees. They aren't the nicest yeah. people to their coworkers. That's not who Jim was. I think we need to make it known that to be successful or to be successfully in charge of something, you don't have to be an asshole. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of people have forgotten that over the years. Absolutely. And I think that's like, that'd be a good reminder of it, of like, hey, whoa. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick to people, number one, that are employed to you. Why would you do that? I think Jim just loved celebrating everybody's differences, and there's something just so magical about that that's so timeless. Yeah, absolutely. This is for the boy and his frog. This is for the frog and his boy. Alright, what do you think the... The, the movie should be called. Oh, I haven't brainstormed this, so. I can't call it Rainbow Connection because then people are going to think it's a Pride movie and are going to be so disappointed. <laughs> That's it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a crowd of gay teens going, man, this is going to be the gayest thing ever. And then they leave going, oh. Thing is, we put it out in June and we call it Gemins in June in the promotional things. Before the credit, before the movie starts, we play that uh, clip of Questlove saying "gay people," and then the movie starts. That's, wait, that's not actually Questlove. It isn't. No, it's a comedian. It's a comedian. Dang! Everyone kept saying it was Questlove. Dang! So I just kind of believed wrong. them. 
That's why that's why you don't believe everything you see on the internet, guys. How? Sorry. Sorry, guys. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, we could do it's not that easy being green, but I feel like I feel like Jim's not you open up a lot of weird holes, if you call it that. Because like the song's kind of like a metaphor for racism and Jim was never a victim of racism. Yeah. I feel like they would just try and just at first just call it uh Henson. It's gonna be called like like or like Muppet Man. God. Yeah. I'd love for it to be and I know this they want I'd love love for it to be like calls me like the man who wanted to live on the moon or like that. Like Sesame Street wise. I mean that'd be cute, but I feel like it'd be such a long title. <laughs> like that'd be like It would be a Yeah, there's be longer. Something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they just call it Frogman. <laughs> frog a boy and his frog. Frogman. Coming to theaters near you. Ribbit, ribbit. Ribbit, ribbit. Jim Henson hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Henson two hours. Two Jim Henson hours. In the vein of the cube, the puppet. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think. I was like, oh, like below the frame. And I'm like, that's Matt Vogel's podcast. Yeah. Stole that one. Dang. Out of sight? Hmm. Out of sight because he's below the, the camera. <laughs> You're just, we're trying so hard. Um, we're really, we're really doing our best here. Yeah. Oh God, because like I haven't, I haven't thought of this. Like I'm, I'm really having to think of this on the spot. It's, it's a good question. I'm trying to think of something funny, but I can't because I can't even think of anything. Um, Farren felt the Henson story. That's stupid, beyond stupid, actually. Sorry. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I'm thinking of worse. I'm thinking of so many stupider ones. God. You're, getting, you're making so much more progress than me. It's not even I'm, 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 like, rolling in the brain. Like, the ball is rolling. Um. Hmm. Jim and Friends? Oh, my God. But it opens, but it opens kind of like Garfield and Friends. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's called, it's called Jim and Friends, but Sam and Friends is never even mentioned once. Oh, I forgot about Sam and Friends. My brain just said Garfield and Friends. Cause, oh, God. That's embarrassing. Puppet Papa. Coming to a theater near you. Now, that'd be a Dave movie. I thought of, I thought of, a, I thought of a good one. Um, okay, okay. It won't happen because uh, App, I don't think Apple's getting involved in this, which would... Oh, no. We could call it Follow Me because Jim always found a good people found good people to follow him into what he believed in. And it's also a reference to the Fraggle Rock song. But that won't happen. This next one, this next one's a little cursed, but bear with me. The Muppets take man. <laughs> That's it. That's where it stops. <laughs> the Muppets take man. The Muppets from Jim. <laughs> the great Muppet keep. Great Muppet Caber, but it's how Disney swindled the Muppets away from the Hensons. The Great Muppet. That's it. That's the movie. I, I really now I'm really campaigning for the Muppets Take Man. That's that's my title. It's just called Muppet. <laughs> Muppet. Called the Muppets. The <laughs> The Muppets. <laughs> the Muppets 2090. Now we have three of them. So good at titles. 
I, I really do think my favorite is the Muppets Take Man. I'm sorry. That is a really good one. That one's sticking. That one's sticking. It's a very merry Jim Henson hour. The Muppet Christmas Jim. <laughs> Muppet Jim Miss Carol. Okay, that okay, that's better than mine. The wizard, the Muppets, the Wizard of Jim. Oh, the Muppets Jim Island, because he is the treasure. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Henson, ride along. Henson tonight. <laughs> Saturday night, Henson. Henson Street. There's only three networks, and they all said no. Aw. <laughs> Boo. Mm. Puppets are cool, guys. They are. Obviously. That's why we're here. We could just call it the storyteller, but that'd be boring as crap. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be. <laughs> we just call it Jim Henson, Jim Henson. Jim Henson presents Jim Henson. You call 15 minutes to curtain? 15 minutes to curtain? Oh, that could be good. That could be good. A frog and his beard. Editor's note, that's just Miss Piggy. <laughs> I really, I think, I really think the, the top choice for me here is very much The Muppets Take Man. I think that's my title. I think that's my locked-in choice. I think we could call it How to, call it, make them, call it How to Believe, because Jim always made us believe that the most, that the weirdest things could be real. Uh, when you go on Disney Plus and see it with a see a, a, a movie called How to Believe with a weird weird with a bearded man in the in the cover, you're gonna think, oh, this is a cult documentary. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Puppet Ham Lincoln. Jesus Christ, Muppet Star. <laughs> <laughs> a man and his beard. A puppet story. <laughs> I'm just doing this to entertain Marie at this point. This is the whole the whole movie is just every Muppet has a beard and ex the actor who plays Jim doesn't have a beard. Everyone has a beard except for Jim. We call it Beard, the Muppet story. I thought I was gonna, we were going to call it Find My Beard. Oh my god! Find that beard. Uh, we could call it Manor Muppet even though Jim had absolutely nothing to do with that Oh my song. god, I, w I swear if they actually call it that. Because I was thinking that would, like, literally be a title that they would call it that. Jim Henson Manor Muppet. They would purposely, like, call it Jim Henson Manor Muppet. But I feel like that would genuinely be a title that they would make it. But. It'd be a good excuse to throw Peter Lins in there. It would! Oh, I forgot! Oh my god, we're geniuses. We're brilliant. We're absolutely brilliant. We're geniuses! Maria's probably listening. Maria's probably listening to this right now, going, "These idiots!" Oh, <laughs> come on! Tell me that isn't genius. It's come brilliant. On. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And Maria's probably got one that she's like, "It's gonna be called this, and it's gonna be like the like the most brilliant, most perfect title there is." And we're just out here like, "Oh yes, a gymnast Carol." I guess the Muppets take man. All right, let's see if we have any other any any other questions on the biopic where we think this could go. I do not. I don't. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us, B. But before we sign off, 
I'd like to give a shout out to Dennis at Turning Two Stone on Twitter for doing both the intro and the outro of this podcast. He does a great work and is an incredible voice actor. And I'd also like to thank thank at FireFerret93 on Twitter for drawing our amazing header on Twitter as well as our cover uh, here. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we are at Muppets underscore talking on Twitter. If you'd like to follow me, I'm at uh, Muppet Malady on Twitter. And B, where can they find you? If you want to find me, or if you want to follow the podcast that I'm on, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Abby Harris underscore AL, or you can follow us on Instagram at the podcast um, at Still Best Friends Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much. We hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week. Goodbye. Bye! And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm gonna need complete silence for this. That's just... okay. No more. I was gonna. I was gonna make a joke, but if this is just for Maria at this point, <laughs> Daddy Long Legs the musical.